And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this hump day. Casey Disclare here with Coach Brian Colley. Um, We've got a fun show coming your way today. Uh, Are we recording, good sir? Got it. Got it. Okay. Got it. All right. Rocking and rolling. Cool. Just making sure. Yeah, I do it when you're not looking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've got a fun show coming your way in the next segment of the show. Uh, We are going to begin a two-headed coin of previewing and breaking down. Oh, there's that gap again. Good God. (laughs) There's a gap in the studio, and it caused us all kinds of hell in the break between Mr. Ken's show and our show. Um, If you guys hear me yelling and screaming, it's because one of us got scream like a little girl. (laughs) Yes, yes. but anyway, in the next segment of the show, we begin a two-headed coin of breaking down the South Lafouche-St. Louis matchup. It's behind the American flag. Um, we're going to have Brock Mathern on of St. Oh, Louis. A big one. There he goes. Oh, oh this is going to be a long 90 minutes with that thing. And here we have to open up the doors. And Anyway, Brock Mathern coming up in the next segment. BJ Young coming up at noon. It was supposed to be a turtle day. Uh, Turtle's working, um, busting his tail over at Dufresne, doing a good job. We've got our mailbag. We've got some different things we could talk about. The Saints are playing tomorrow. The Saints released their injury report. It would be easier to list the people not on the injury report. Um, The Saints are beat up coming into this game with Jacksonville. We'll talk about that on a little later in the show. But first, um, look, man, I I wasn't anticipating talking about this today. I didn't even realize that this was something that was being debated or discussed. Um... But we want to thank Hunter Bauer and our friends at GoPreps um, for releasing the LHSAA 2024 through 2026 classification breakdown. It's the enrollment figures that the LHSA is going to use when classifying all of the schools for the upcoming school years. Um, South Lafouche, which is a um, team that has a, a lot of listening interest here down the bayou, is still going to be classified as a 4A school in the newest enrollment with an enrollment of 995. South Terrebonne, a 4A school, 923. Before you guys start yelling and screaming and having a parade, it says in here that at the classification meeting, the LHSA executive committee was just the words executive committee make me want to throw up because they have not done a great job in recent years of handling this stuff, but they're going to examine the division of schools, make placements for schools that opt to play in higher classifications and divisions, and hear appeals regarding classification matters. So there is still the opportunity that South Lafouche could potentially be a division one school despite a 4A enrollment. And Brian, you and I were looking at this. Um, if that is the case, and I'm not even really even only talking about South Lafouche here, right? Because yeah, you got a four enrollment, you might be division one, you might be division two. We don't know. We'll wait and see. But either way, <clears throat> I'm also here talking to East St. John, who's a five A school with an enrollment of eleven forty two. I'm also talking to Central Lafouche, who's a five A school with an enrollment of twelve fifty nine. I'm talking to Terrebonne High, who's a five A school with an enrollment of twelve ninety seven. HL Bourgeois, 5A school, an enrollment of 1,301. Thibodeau High, a 5A school, an enrollment of 1,315. They're going to be Division I schools. And right now, Division I has a school in there with 2,613 kids in Dutchtown. 
the bottom tier of 5A has no chance to compete with the top tier of 5A. We've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 schools in Louisiana that have enrollments of 2,000 or more. And we're asking our little old Bayou Region 5A schools with enrollments of 1,200 and 1,300 to compete with these schools. It's not fair. It's not right. We've got to come up with a way to put those big, 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 big schools in their own grouping because the way we're doing it right now, Catholic of Baton Rouge has 2,147 school uh, students. Central Lafouche has 1,200. That's a gap of 900 kids. That's the same gap between Central Lafouche and a 1A school. That's not right. It's not right. We got to figure something out. That's not the way that this is supposed to be. It's not fair, man. We got to figure something out to separate those quote-unquote super schools into their own classifications going forward. Uh, every two years, the uh, it's a reclassification year where you have to send your numbers in, your official school enrollment uh, by October 1st. So you use your October 1st numbers. And that, that date could have changed a little. But uh, you, so you send it in, then they, they group you according to your, your class size or your enrollment to um, which class you're going to be in. So, yeah, it was expected that South Fuchs' numbers dropped, that they were going to stay 4A, mm -hmm. that they weren't moving up. Okay. Now, currently, they have 43 schools in Division One. Right on those numbers, according to to Go Prep, forty three. So we can quickly figure out. Well, it's gonna be that, tough because I don't know what schools are open enrollment and all that good stuff. Um, maybe might have to do a little homework that, tonight to to figure that out. Um, but yeah, because I don't know who's open enrollment out of this. I know who the private schools are, but I don't know who's on the other side. But I could tell you, let me, I'll just count the number of 5A schools. 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, and we're not even near the bottom. Uh, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, still not near the bottom. 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 60, 67 5A schools. I don't think that 20-plus of those are going to be pulled out to go on the select side, right? I, like, I'm feeling pretty good we're going to be Division two, right? Yeah, and, and I, I don't know. <clears throat> Certainly South Terrebonne is going to be, because they're even farther down the Division two. But, and, and then the other kicker is, what definition are they going to use? The yeah. one that was just uh, approved by the principals a couple of weeks ago? Or would they come with another one? So uh, it, it's still a mess. But South Fuji is 4A right now and uh, a, a good chance of staying in, in Division Two for, for the playoffs where they belong. Yeah, it, it, um, It's not anything where you, you, fall, you play where your numbers are. And South Fuji is 4A. 
should be Division II, sound terrible, and that's where they should be playing. The first proposal for what the LHSA is thinking of doing here in terms of how they're going to divide these teams is going to come on November the 2nd. Um, and then a follow-up meeting after they hear the appeals and everything will be on November the 13th. Um, let me ask you this. Is that November 2nd, is that also when we should expect to see new district proposals and everything like that for the... Yes, they normally come out with that, that first meeting, and they um, they give you their plan. Then uh, you have a chance to appeal. They come with a second plan. Then again, you can appeal it in the third meeting is normally their final. So but, let me. I'm and gonna, look, Casey, that's the, the right. That's the way it should be done. Where okay, they're gonna place you. If you don't like it, then you can appeal it. The way they did it last year. <laughs> boom. Yeah, you're just going. You have no so, choice. Yeah, it, it's that's the process. So every local school, <clears throat> and I, and their classification is as follows. Well, I'm looking at this for the first time, right? So there may be some surprises here that that we we're not aware of. Hanville five A school, Destrehan five A school, Thibodeau five A school, HL Bourgeois five A school, Terrebonne five A school. No surprises yet. Central Lafouche five A school, East Saint John five A school. Um, South Lafouche, 4A school. So we begin the 4A schools now. South Terrebonne, 4A school. Ellender, 4A school. Assumption, 4A school. Boy, Assumption's enrollment dropped. They were once a 5A school. Now they're in the middle of the 4A schools. Um, let's see. Continuing to Morgan City, 4A school. E.D. White, 4A school. How about that? E.D. White's going to be coming back in our local district, but they're 4A school now. Wow. Yeah, E.D. White, 4A school. Um, that's not good for, for, <laughs> that's not good for football, Bubba. <laughs> Asking them to join our local district. <laughs> what sport is it good? It, it might kick Lutcher <laughs> out though. Uh, if, if for nothing else, Lutcher 4A school might throw them out at E.D. White end. Oh, can you imagine E.D. White, Lutcher? <clears throat> Our district is going to be brutal. Maybe well, being, maybe being 5A, look, it could be so bad. Think about it. E.D. White, Lutcher, <clears throat> South Lafouche, Ellender, Morgan City, South Terrebonne. Uh, Assumption. Yeah. So it's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. Vanderbilt 4A school. E.D. White actually has a larger enrollment than Vanderbilt now. Didn't expect to see uh, that. Let me, I forgot. Vanderbilt, that's. 4A? <laughs> Misery. Yes, they're in 4A. 3A, I'm not expecting to see a local school here with E.D. White on the 4A side. 3A, we've got Berwick. We've got, um, let's see, still scrolling, still scrolling. St. James, Patterson, St. Charles Catholic. John Curtis is a 3A enrollment, but they're going to play up to 5A. Um, we go to 2A. Is Homa Christian School still a 2A school? Let's see. Looking like if they are, they're one of the low ones. Yeah, 2A school, Homa Christian. And then single A, we have Covenant Christian and Central Catholic of Morgan City. So really the only school that is moving up or down in our local area that we noticed was E.D. White, who's going to be moving up to 4A. Um, and in Casey, at that first meeting, they, they're going to uh, put schools in uh, their divisions after their meeting is when they're going to come and place them in their uh, their district. So 
Yeah, so we'll keep that, an eye on that. That'll be the second meeting. So that's about two, two and a half weeks from now. We should have more clarity there, but we figured we'd give you guys an update as South Lafouche is classified as a 4A school. Everybody else keeps their classification except E.D. White, who's going to be moving up from 3A to 4A, which would mean that they're likely to join our local 4A district. So whew, the rich get rich. Our 4A district is going to be brutal. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to coach Brock Mathern of St. Louis, one half of the coaching spectrum on Friday as the Tarpons are taking uh, on St. Louis. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackets. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Ladies and gentlemen, the, let's have a moment of silence for the studio wasp who uh, perished at 11.45 a.m. Central Standard Time. Did you ever play baseball? No. <laughs> was it obvious that I never played baseball? Yeah. The last time I've seen that many swings and misses, the Braves were playing. <clears throat> I didn't notice much effort from the producer to try to <laughs> remedy the situation. Um, but we did get the wasp. So if you guys, you're not going to hear us yelling and screaming anymore for the rest of the show. Um, let's go to the phone lines. We've got Coach Brock Mathern of St. Louis, who's on the line now. They're coming down the bay and taking on the Tarpons. Coach, good to hear from you, buddy. How we doing, man? Oh, man, doing good. Good to hear from y'all, man. Yep, for sure, dude. Uh, your team coming in, playing hot. Uh, some good ball, 6-1 and one on the year. Tell us about your team. What are some things you guys do well, man? 
Um, I mean, I think it's a, a experienced team. A lot of uh, three-year starters. I think 14 total that started for the last three years. Um, heavy senior class. The biggest one I've I've had since I've been here. I think we've got 24, 26 seniors. Um, and man, I think it's just a resilient group that that you know comes to work every day and understands our goal and what we're trying to accomplish and win the state championship. So. I mean, I, I think the thing we do well is just come to work every day. Um, this group's consistently trying to get better, and, and it's fun to be around that. i got to ask you the question that you probably probably have been asked a million times. You guys are 6-1, and one, only have one victory against a team that's above 500. So how good is this crew, man? Um, you know, it, it, but Because, look, dude, I've had people in the community say, oh, St. Louis is 6-1, and one, but their schedule's been a little bit soft. Well, my answer to that is, well, they're winning the games forty-six to thirteen and thirty-four to seven. So you guys are blowing out those teams. Um, how good is this crew? Um, I mean, I think when you first when you look at that schedule, you got to look at the you got to look who the other teams are playing too. You know, I mean, yeah. like last week we played a Lake Charles College prep team that three losses were the St. James, Westgate, and um, Opelousas. There so, you go. I mean, that's that's uh, that's top tier competition right there. And uh, you know, I think our kids played played well, and they've been doing well all season. I mean. They've been through it all. Um, this group, this group lost in overtime last year in the second round to, to Madison Prep, um, six nothing. And you know we kind of knew from that game forward that we was going to be a pretty good group. So I mean, I think we're definitely a defensive ball club, but we complement each other very well. Um, you know, we try to win the field position battle because we we got really good special teams, and you know we try to use that to our advantage. And again, I think this group's hungry, and I don't think we don't look at really the opponent or their record. Um, for us, it's what do we got to do to get better each week? And like you said, look, whatever the scores may be, we just try to we just try to go play by play, um, day by day, and then let the outcome take care of itself. Good deal, man. Look, you've been watching the Tarpons on film all week. I'm sure you're noticing. Hey, this is not the team of last year. They have gotten better. They're four and three coming in. What are some things you're seeing on tape, man? Yeah, I think the first thing that stands out is that quarterback. Um, man, he's he's really good. He's he's able to evade the pocket. Um, throws the ball really well, runs the ball really well. I mean, he's the engine that goes. Um, some really good receivers who are consistent, um, really consistent in their route running, consistent in their um, in their ball handling. Um, and then on defense, I think you see some some guys with some some motors. You know, I, I think one of them for sure that pops out on film is number five. Um, he's a defensive end. He he really gets after it. He reminds me of, you know, I, I kind of told our kids when we watched film. I said this is your typical Salafouche kid. You know, from our days coaching there. You know. 90% of those kids you get over there are going to give you give you maximum effort and more. You know, and he, he reminds me of, of some kids like a Braxton Acosta we coached um, over there. Just kind of has a motor that doesn't stop. So, I mean, you know what you're getting. I, I was texting coach this morning. And I'm like, look, we, we know, at least I do, I know what we're getting into coming down there to, uh, coming down there to South Lafourche, and, and we know that they're going to play hard, and, and we're taking this as a playoff game and taking a long trip and, and just doing what we got to do to get better. Looking at this, you know, the LHSA released some enrollment numbers today. You guys are sitting at an enrollment of 482, which would make you a 3A school. Um, and just kind of looking at the way it was separated, this might be you guys' last year in Division Two, man, because you guys might be going down to Division Three. just looking at the way it's stacked up. Uh, do you guys have any preference either way, uh, or is it going to just be, hey, just we're going to go play wherever you guys tell us to go play? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of them things where – we always say in our program, control what we can control. Um, and, you know, we don't really have much control over who they tell us we got to go play. I mean, um, you know, there's, there's top-tier talent in every division. You got you got Division Division Three, St. Charles Catholic, Newman. Um, you know, 
they they are stacked just as I mean Notre Dame and Crowley just as this um, Division Two with St. Thomas More Lafayette Christian. Um, I think it would be good for us to play play teams with a little closer to our numbers um, than having to go up to these high four A schools. Um, but again, like we always say, to be the best, you got to beat the best. So we're gonna go wherever they tell us to play. How are you guys handling the day on Friday? Are you guys gonna maybe stop and you know do a walkthrough, stop and eat lunch somewhere? Like it's a long trip. How are you guys gonna break up the day to make sure you're ready for seven o'clock? Yeah, so we try to. Um, I'm a routine type guy, so we're trying to make it as, as close to home as possible. So we'll be leaving early in the morning. We're gonna stop for lunch. Um, we, we rented out a ballroom. Gonna have some some lunch there and have the kids do some schoolwork. Um, we we are of all laptop school, so. Our kids are going to bring their laptops and get their schoolwork done um, for a couple hours while we eat lunch. And, you know, then we're going to bring, bring our workout equipment with us, some med balls, some, uh, some band-resistant deals, and, and then we'll, we'll get us our normal workout in that we do on game day for PE. And then we'll travel to Nichols where, we'll, where Coach Rebo, um, you know, he does a great job over there and, and got, me, got me in touch with the right people to stop over there, and we'll get a walkthrough and our pregame meal there. And it'll be pretty much like a close away game for us once we get to Nichols. It's only about an hour away, so we'll get dressed and, and do our normal pregame routine at Nichols and head to head to Salafouche. Yeah, good deal, man. Look, last year, if I remember right, you guys had a quarterback that was sensational. I understand he's not there anymore. Who's your new quarterback? And tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, I mean James Reno was a guy. Um, he made he turned a lot of plays that were dead in the, in the big plays for us. Um, but our new quarterback um, is senior Luke Pearson. He started defensive back for us the last two years. Um, just he's been progressing, you know, each game. He's, he's, he didn't have any starts at quarterback leading into the um, leading into this season. He didn't even have any in JV because we were so low in numbers at first when we first got here that he had to start on defense. But he's just a, he's one of the leaders of our team. He got voted the number one jersey, um, which for us is a leadership number that the kids in the locker room vote on. And he has that pulse of the locker room. Um, you know, and, and he's just doing a great job of running our offense to the way that we want it. Um, you know, he has no ego involved in this. He understands the only stat he cares about is wins. Um, so it's fun to have a guy back there, a quarterback, that has the pulse of the locker room and understands what we want to accomplish as a team. Oh, hey, man, that's very well said. Um, what do you remember most fondly about your time here down the bay? A lot of folks that are listening maybe don't realize you were an assistant coach here at South Lafouche for a couple of years. What did you like most about it down here, brother? Man, I think um, the first thing that stands out is just the community, right? Like um, I tell, I keep telling our coaches, I'm like, you know, you don't, you don't really know a Friday night until you get a Friday night down in Galliano, you know. Um, it's especially when you're rolling. I remember that first year we go nine and zero, and win that district, that district title, and and man, I just, I remember that first round playoff game, how packed it was, the the tarp and walk, the whole nine yards. So I'd say first the community, and then just, you know. Um, I think how hard the kids played. Like, man, the people even – one of my favorite players I've, I've ever been around, and I didn't get to coach his position, but it's now y'all defensive coordinator, Bryce Gidry. I mean, he's like a little bulldog. Um, him and Marvel Bourgeois, Peyton Gidry, Braxton Acosta, Mason Boudreaux. I mean, just all guys that, you know, came to work every day and they just work extremely hard and wanted to compete and win. I mean, it was fun to coach kids like that. Um, and kids that we still keep in touch with to this day. So it's it's – it was it was a great time down there, and some relationships built. Even with Coach Kyle, me and him, uh, me and him had some really good good inside jokes together from our time together. So it was, uh, and it, it it led me to where I'm at today. Definitely, I wouldn't be who I am as a coach without my time spent over there at South Lafouche. Yeah, Coach, I thought for sure you'd say one of your memories uh Saturday morning watching film. 
that was some good times. <laughs> You're right. There ain't no doubt about it. We uh, me and you, me and you as the lunch pickup guys. That was a really good time. Every Saturday, volunteering to go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, look, dude. Sounds like a winner, man. We thank you so much for the time, and uh, we'll chat again soon, brother. We'll see you on Friday. Yes, sir, man. Thank y'all for having me. Yep, that is Coach Mathern doing an excellent job. Can't wait to see them. Um, look, man, it's easy to say, oh, they ain't played nobody. They're blowing out teams that are three and four and four and three. And I went look at that Saint, uh, that Lake Charles, you know, preparatory school. They beat them by worse than Saint James did. So they're gonna be they're gonna be very stout and very stout. And look, I got a quick note here, and I want to thank Coach Case for sending me this note. We were talking about enrollment numbers and. Um, I made the comment, Catholic High has 2,747 kids. Coach Case just sent me the reminder, that's 2,700 boys. That's not, that's not, a, that's not a boy-girl wow. yeah. school. That's an all-boy school. 2,747 men. And that's who you're going to put South Lafouche, who has an enrollment of 995 boys and girls up against? Give me a break. We've got to figure out a way to get these super schools in their own classification. You and I were talking about it off the air before the show started. Hell, we did a show segment off the air. Like, started at 1,800 and go up and put those schools all in their own super league. It would be the most fair way to do it. Like, you can't have a 900 enrollment school going up against 2,600 enrollment schools. That's That would be like putting nickels in the SEC. It wouldn't happen. But why are we letting it happen here in the LHSAA? I don't understand. Yeah, and we'll just talk. And you look, Dutchtown, 26-13, their, their enrollment. That's so, three South Lafouches in yeah. one school. So what you think would be a fair number, like less kids to compete against, 800? So take 26-13, subtract 800, and – that would be your, your Division One. Let them top dogs compete. And look, if, if there's a John Curtis or somebody that says, hey, I want to be in that, let them play up. Yeah, it can play up. And so if you think the difference would be 800, the number, then let's be consider Every year, the, you, the top school enrollment, take 800 away, and that's the cutoff for Division One. And if you want to play up, you play up. And, I mean, I don't know. It might be consistent. Uh, and every year, you know, it's 800 less kids would be at Division One, but I don't. They have different ways of doing things, and we'll we'll see. But yeah, South Lafouche right now is a 4A team, and going back to the game on Friday, it's a long bus trip. Yeah, they're for, breaking for it St. Up. Louis coming in, and yeah, they're gonna try and break it up and treat it like a, a playoff game, and. You see a lot of coaches doing that these days, play these long games so that uh, they can have a playoff-type atmosphere or in travel day before they actually get into the playoffs. And Look, uh, it's the St. Louis Saints. They're coming in. They're going to be well-coached. That's a, a, a Dennis Skeens guy. He coached with, with Skeens at South Lafourche. A lot of things I'm sure Skeens uh, was doing over here at South, he's doing at St. Louis. They're gonna become. They're gonna come in ready to play, but the Tarpons are will also be ready to go. Yep, it should be a good one. The Tarpons look um, healthy. Um, and look, man, you talk about that Dennis Kane's coaching tree. Uh, Brock's doing a great job over at St. Louis. Cullen is four and three at Opelousas Catholic. So I mean, a lot of those 
oh, uh, those prodigies are, are, uh, are you know, bearing some fruit at their respective schools, and we certainly much respect for that. Um, we mentioned this with Coach Mathern. They're not going to be Division Two next year. They're they're below University Lab and enrollment, and University Lab is now a Division Three school. So they're going to be moving down to Division Three, be their last hurrah in Division Two. Man, and I wanted to tell Coach Mathern to bring us a, a poor boy from oh, Dyeros. Well, it's not too late. You got his number. <laughs> <laughs> Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to go to the other half of Friday night's coaching matchup. That'd be B.J. Young. Uh, we'll ask B.J. if he's got any guidance in terms of where the Tarpons might sit. Um, now that the enrollment numbers are out. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. That's joeseptic at viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Shoes! Shoes, please! It is Wednesday, and it is noon, so you guys know what that means. It's time for us to make a trip down the bayou and chat with B.J. Young, the uh, head football coach at South LaFouche High School. B.J., good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Doing well, man, y'all. Doing good, bro. Doing good. Um, big one coming up Friday, talking about uh, St. Louis. We actually had their coach on in the last segment. Says he likes his team. Uh, how has the week of practice been so far down the bayou? Uh, we've had a good week, man. You know, trying to uh, trying to heal up a little bit, but but we've had a good week of practice. Monday through that, the, the focus level. Has been uh, has been pretty good, man. I thought the uh, you know the energy when the scouts sometimes high school ball, man. You fight when you switch the scout teams. They kind of take a period off, a few periods off, you know, because it's not so so good on good. But the kids have really uh, done well with that. It's probably been our best Monday and Tuesday yet, which is which is good news because it's probably the biggest game of the year uh, to date. 
Yeah, look, man, um, I'm I'm going to ask you this. I, I kind of sort of know the answer from watching practice, but if you don't want things out there, I'll, I'll leave it to you. Um, who who injury-wise is going to be available this week, or is everybody still a game-time decision? Yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to go with a game-time decision. You know, um, kind, kind of, you know, these last few days are going to be crucial to see who we can get out there, um, working guys in a different, you know, just at different spots just to make sure if people aren't available that, you know, kids are prepared to get in there and um, and execute. What was going on on Friday uh, in terms of you guys' ability to try to run the football? You guys had such great success against Assumption, but then it was kind of a grind against Morgan City. What was going on there? Was it, you know, just missed assignments up front, Morgan City's defensive front doing a good job? Why was that such a struggle on Friday? Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, no, we knew too going into it that Morgan City's going to put, you know, worst-case scenario or best-case scenario for us seven guys in the box. You know, at times, you know, eight, if you got a hip in there, probably sometimes like nine. So it's hard to establish your one versus eight-man or nine-man, you know, box, depending on what kind of personnel you have in there, whether it's 11 or 21 or 10, you know. So um, we was in some open sets. There's going to be seven guys in the box. So even if you run the quarterback, you're still short one. You know, so uh, we knew we'd have to go in and try to throw the ball a little bit, try to maybe soften them up. Uh, came out the second half and kind of just tried to, you know, prove a little bit of a point and try to run the ball and still couldn't, you know, couldn't get anything going. Just just too many guys in there, man. Uh, but I thought our kids kind of answered the call in the second half and started getting some separation and uh, made some plays and was able to kind of put a few more points on the board and kind of put it out of reach. Yeah, for sure, man. Um it feels like, and look, we're in week eight now, so a lot of these guys have almost a full season's worth of experience. It feels like your receivers have come a long way. At the beginning of the year, maybe fighting some drops, maybe fighting some miscommunication, maybe not always running the right route, but it feels like you guys kind of um, have some kids who are growing in their confidence. Camden Berg is super steady. Terrence Petrie's steady. You know, Alamon's come on and made some big catches lately. The Cure had a big touchdown. Like, it feels like that's a group that's starting to build a little bit of confidence as they get more experience. Yeah, look, I think, you know, when you look at the group as a whole, it's an inexperienced group, you know, to start the year. Um, Even if, like, Titans a senior, but Titan didn't play. If he played over five snaps that last year, he played played plenty. You know, uh, same thing with Colt. Colt's a junior, but Colt played zero snaps um, on offense. You know, he got in there on defense and did a little bit just because we were shorthanded and trying to figure out what, what could possibly work last year. So tried pretty much everybody. So he, you're looking at a group in total that didn't have much experience, you know. Um, but but it's kind of how we kind of talked about it earlier. I thought they would grow as the year went on. And, um, you know, if you watched, if you, or if you followed the games, they got, they, they're better now than they were at the start of the year. And um, that's a testament to those guys working hard and, um, you know, staying positive and taking the coaching and trying to get better. Coach, talk about the play of your defensive backs. I know you had to move some kids around last week, and for the most part, they in position to make plays. A couple of times the receiver may have gotten behind them, but for for the most part, they're playing good uh, position football. Yeah, they're not, they're not doing bad, man. You know, you have, we're having guys kind of go down and they're having to move positions and kind of learn on the fly. And, it's, you know, it's more than just, you know, executing, you know, your, your job is knowing, you know, how to defend formations and where to line up and, um, you know, concepts they're trying to throw at you. And on top of that, you know, being able to put us back in the huddle on an explosive run. So the guys have done well. Um, 
you know, looking to have another big week. St. Louis presents a lot of challenges offensively because they line up in, in about a thousand formations, you know. So um, your checks got to come in quick, and, and they got to be right. If not, you'll be outnumbered, outgapped, and um, a chance for them to get hit an explosive or, you know, create issues in the run game. So, um, you know, big, big focus this week on being able, you know, alignment and assignment. Brock came on in the last segment and he said openly, he said, man, we'll look, we're trying, we think we're really good at special teams. We're going to try to win the field position battle. Uh, I feel like that's going to be a big storyline. Letcher kind of always had you guys pinned back and then, you know, they were getting short fields. How important is it going to be to, to, you know, stay ahead of that and, and not let them pin you back all game long? I think it's real important. Um, you know, their kicker is uh, probably, you know, equal to Lutcher or, or maybe a little better as far as, you know, sometimes he kick, when he kicks it off, you lose it in the screen. You know, the guy don't even try to go get it. It must be seven to eight yards deep in the end zone. So um, if they get to scoring, you know, you got to go 80 yards against a very good defense. Um, you know, a lot of returning starters on the defensive side of the ball. So it, it'll be tough for us all night to have to go 80. So we got to do a good job of not letting that happen. Um, as far as, you know, punts and things like that, there's times they come with 10 guys. So, uh, you know, having to execute the snap and the kick and being able to get those things off, you know, I I tell you this, and this is, I feel like I'm very truthful weekly. I, I feel like if we win the turnover battle um, and we win the, the, that hidden yardage battle, which is things of that nature, right, special teams-wise, um, you know, penalties and things like that. If you win, if we win the turnover battle and hit a yards battle, I think I think we can win the football game, man. I honestly believe that. Um, on the flip side of that, if we don't, it can get ugly quick, you know, because um, it's a really good football team. So, uh, but but we've had a great week. Um, I feel like overall in the season, our special teams has done well, you know, um, and they've gotten better every week. Uh, some of the some of the boneheaded errors have kind of been cut out. So, uh, I don't see it being I don't foresee it being an issue. But um, at the end of the day, it's high school football, and you, and you never know. That's why that's why you got to play the game on Friday. Coach, when you have middle school football games at home at, at Southwood Stadium, uh, does that affect your practice planning? That you, knowing you have to get off the field at a certain time. It does. I'm gonna tell you what it affects. It affects our film study. Um, you know, Monday for us is big install day on the board, um, showing them things that we're gonna try to do to attack. You know, weaknesses and, and going over their personnel and their strengths and their weaknesses and you know grades if they if they play other sports. You know, just ways that we think we can attack, a, a, you know, a person as well as as, as far as like, the, you know, what we see as a, as a, as an offensive defense as a whole. Tuesday and, and Wednesday are big film days, right? Now Wednesdays get hard because if you're away on a JV game, you can't really watch film because it's the same thing. You got to kind of, you know, hustle and get everything in because you know, obviously you're graded on Friday nights, but you know, them kids that play on Wednesday, that's the future of the program, you know, so. They, they deserve to be coached just as hard as the Friday night guys and um, shown the same amount of love. So, it, you know, it's something that I, I don't believe in that we just don't go to JV games and we stay in coach varsity games uh, or varsity practice. So Wednesdays get hard with film. And then Tuesdays at they home middle school, it's almost impossible to um, to watch film because they play at six, but they have pregame and stuff too. So you kind of got same same type of issue. You got to get out there and kind of get it done and um, – you know, some people might hold them after practice. Me, I feel like, you know, the focus that they had to give you for the two and a half hours, two hours, whatever it is that you're out there, when they come in for film after that, they, they kind of mentally already, 
they tap. So um, it's good for us to come in and get it early. It's just hard, man, in today's football to fit everything in. Yeah, for sure, man. Look, before we let you go, the enrollment numbers were released by the LHSA today that they're going to use for the next classification. South Lafouche is still listed as a 4A school, but there is the possibility that you might still be Division One. Obviously, if it were your preference, you would be Division Two non-select, right? Yeah, obviously. You know, uh, <laughs> you look you look into playing a first round game. You know, instead of playing East St. John, Destrehan, or Southside, or West Monroe, who's around that area, if it was to start today, you know, you're playing someone a little a little less powerful, just off the nature of they don't have 2,500 kids in their school. <laughs> right. You know, um, yeah. I mean, look, man, I looked at some of the numbers. Look, if we get in and we play like a Dutch town or something, that's got 2,700 kids. I mean, you're looking at almost 2,000 kids more than, than we got, you know? It's just, yeah, yeah, the, like a total disadvantage off the jump. You know, think about if, you know, somebody pumped 1,800 more kids into Salafush High School, we would immediately become a better, 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 better athletic department, obviously, you know? I mean, so it's just, yeah, a disadvantage. So, yeah, man, obviously, we're hoping it stays and we can be Division II non-select. Yeah, no doubt. Sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time. We'll see you Friday, all right? All right, man. Thank y'all. Yeah, that's BJ Young doing a good job as always. That's that's everybody's preference, and he explained exactly why. I give us eighteen hundred yeah. more kids <laughs> and see. You know, I'm sure there would be a couple of receivers and linemen and defensive backs and different things that could come in that. Um, so, sounds like everybody's sort of on the same page there, right? In case we've been doing middle school games and we've been been going to different high school stadiums throughout, and uh, we see football teams practicing, and they got to get off the field early for the middle school games. And I'm not knocking that, yeah, but yeah. Uh, the band, a lot of times at Central's on that field when we go and uh, when we got Thursday games. Uh, the possibility of maybe moving these games back to 6:30. I know uh, you, the kids are gonna be getting home a little bit later, but it's eight minute quarters. I mean, it's not. I was like home at yeah, twelve I was home minutes, early. so yeah. it, the the time difference won't be that bad. So I don't know. Maybe they can look at getting these games pushed back to six thirty to give these, uh, and not just uh, football teams, but the band members also extra time uh, on the high school field. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so we'll be keeping our eyes on that um, certainly as the next couple of weeks pass. Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. Who the New Orleans Saints have an injury? list this week there's a lot of guys who are either going to be playing beat up or maybe not playing at all we'll talk to you about that as that list is extensive going into thursday's game with the jaguars it's play by play we'll be right back after this hello friends and family taylor griffin here back again to talk about do friend building materials did you know that we have a new updated online order system called do friend easy buy come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote we now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. 
Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Pretty appropriate to play this before we talk about the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> yes. Um, they're playing on tomorrow, uh, Thursday night, against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the Dome. Oh, my God. Um, the Saints have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 players listed on their injury report. Um, so you got Demario Davis, who did not participate in team drills on Tuesday. He's questionable with a knee. Chris Olave with a toe, limited participant, questionable. Jawan Johnson, calf, didn't practice, questionable. Landon Young, Lonnie Johnson, those are some nobodies that no one's ever heard of, but questionable. JT Gray, big special teams piece, questionable. Teron Matthew, foot, limited participant, questionable. Cam Jordan, back, limited participant, questionable. Andrus Pete, questionable. Ryan Ramchak, questionable. James Hurst, questionable. My God, if you got all of the look, a lot of these questionables are probably going to play. Cam Jordan's going to probably play. Tyron Matthews going to probably play. But you're heading into a matchup against Jacksonville where all of these guys that I'm telling you about, Olave, Davis, Jordan, Matthew, Ramchak, Pete, Hurst, they're not practicing all week. So how sharp is it going to be? I don't know. Uh, but it's a New Orleans team that is already not very good. And one of the things that you and I have said all offseason is, yeah, it's not a very good football team, but they have to stay healthy because there's no depth. Ooh, when you got uh, 17 guys on the injury report, that ain't uh, that's not ideal, Bubba. That's that, not might, a great that might be their secret. Don't practice. Just go and play. Just <laughs> Maybe so. Don't, don't get a game plan because Derek Carr is not going to follow it. He's going to check down. He's going to throw it to wherever he wants. And Derek Carr, by the way, it was a limited participant in practice, but he's not on the injury report, so he is going to give it a go. Bad news. <laughs> For the Jaguars, they have a far more healthy team uh, as they've got five players listed on their injury report. But the big one is Trevor Lawrence, who apparently was a limited participant on Tuesday. And the Jaguars are optimistic that he's going to play, though he is listed as questionable. And he's playing. And, and Vegas thinks that he's playing too, right? Remember we had said yesterday that the Saints went all the way up to a three-point favorite that's now down to one. So <laughs> Las Vegas knows that Lawrence is on the mend and is getting better, and it looks like he's going to be out there. Um, dude, this is a big game for New Orleans, man. Maybe that could be the other way around. They didn't know if Carr was playing. <laughs> now <laughs> Carr's practicing, so that's why it changed. Um, 
We said at the beginning of this three-week stretch, which started last week, said you got to go two and one. Well, you've already lost the first one. You lo- you lose to Houston. Um, Indy's not going to be easy. Uh, you're going on the road, taking on a good Indy team. You, the Jags at home is going to be no cakewalk. These are some big and critical games because for as comfortable as the New Orleans schedule is this year, and it is a very comfortable schedule, you're about to get into some of the more difficult parts of said schedule. Uh, you've still got a road game with the Vikings coming up. The Saints haven't won a game in Minnesota ever. Uh, you still got to play the Lions coming up. At the Rams won't be easy. At Tampa won't be easy. So the beginning of your schedule is where you were supposed to build cushion. You didn't do that. So now you're going to have to maybe win a couple of games that you weren't expecting to win to be able to keep the pace. This is a big one Thursday. I, I get it. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's beat up. I don't care. This is a big one on Thursday. You got to have this one. Yep. You got to play hurt. Uh, Winston, you got to play scared if your number's called. But um, I don't know. It just, it, it does, the vibe is, is not there. A short week coming off a terrible performance. All these people banged up. Uh, Trevor Lawrence getting healthy. Uh, Derek Carr is going to play. It's not looking good. It is I've been I've been grappling with this, right? Because I, I am one of the few that said in the offseason I didn't know how much of an upgrade he would be over Andy Dalton because frankly last year Andy Dalton had better stats than he did. Is this a situation where Carr's just not very good? Or if this is or is this a situation where he's being handcuffed to an offense that's not very good and he's not allowed to do some of the things that he wants to do? Because bro, 65% completions, yeah, that's pretty good. But 6.5 yards per completion is not good. Only five touchdowns in six games, that's not good. Being sacked 17 times in six games, that's not good. Um, there's a lot of not good here. And, and, and you have better weapons this year than what you had last year. Michael Thomas is actually out there. Lave's a year older. Rashid Shahid is, is doing okay. Um What's going on there? Like, are you concerned that you just kind of bought a lemon, or do you think that the guy guiding the quarterback is the real lemon there in New Orleans? Yeah, I think the guy guiding the quarterback is the problem. Uh, add to the fact the offensive line is terrible. Why are they terrible though? Like, look, that's what I don't understand. Like, Ryan Ramchak is like a former All Pro. Um, Eric McCoy has had some good seasons. Cesar Ruiz has been hit or miss. Andrus Pete's not good. Trevor Penning's kind of a bust. But like this, when Peyton was there with these same guys, they had a good offensive line. I I really think, bro, and 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 Carmichael takes the heat, right? And and boy, if you saw his news conference yesterday, <laughs> um, he was getting peppered. I mean, the the reporters were were leaving him out to dry. Um, but with that having been said, these are productive players, guys who have been good in the past and they made the decision in the offseason to bring back Doug Marone. I, I think you got to look at him, man. Like if you got good individual players, why is the unit not meshing together? I think at that level, yes, you, you look at the coach and, uh, I, I don't, the scheme, I, I mean, it's, it's been the same. I, I don't know. I, I don't know the reason. Why did offensive line struggles so much? But and look, it's not a hundred percent their fault, but it, it's it's a lot. But Derek Carr holds on to the football way too long. Yeah, he does. Way too long to take that many sacks. A lot of times, yeah, it's on the line. But 
some of the blame goes to the quarterback in this situation. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's holding on to the ball too long. I think he is um, trying to press the issue a little bit at times. Um, yeah, and it's just not a good situation. Um, now you got Jacksonville coming in, and it uh, it's going to be a situation where you're facing Trevor Lawrence, whether he's hurt or not. It's going to be one of the better quarterbacks that you've seen. I think that Doug Peterson is doing a great job there in Jacksonville, getting that team turned around. And here's the one thing about Jacksonville, man. The Jags got some weapons. They've got some dudes that could hurt you on the edges, and it's going to be a big test because if there's anything in the New Orleans defense that worries me, I don't know that their secondary is all that good. We saw at times Stroud beat them. I think Lattimore's a good player, but outside of that, I think the secondary is where you can maybe attack New Orleans a little bit, and I want to see if the Jaguars could get Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk and those guys involved. I want to see if Travis Etienne will be able to get the run game going. Uh, it's going to be a big test, and, and, and it's going to be something where I think we're going to learn a lot about both teams on Thursday night. And, and the, the, the key is Saints have to score in the red zone. They, they want to – I think they are one before last in, in red zone. That's bad. Scoring, and, uh, yeah, it's terrible. That's bad. And they got. They have to fix their offense. The defense keeps them in games a lot. Any type of scoring from that offense is going to help them out. The around the rest of the NFL, man, we got some big ones coming up this week. We got some really good games. It's going to be really interesting to pick some of these games. We got the Browns taking on the Colts. That'll be a fun one. Detroit taking on Baltimore. I mean, that's as toss up as it gets. We have an NFC South matchup: Atlanta taking on Tampa Bay in Tampa. That'll be one that'll have implications on the Saints. The Steelers are taking on the Rams. The Rams are three and three. Got Cooper cut back. The Steelers are somehow three and two. I don't know how Mike Mike Tomlin wins nine, ten games yeah. a year every year, but he's just doing an amazing job. Uh the Chargers, off of their disappointing Monday night performance, will be taking on the Chiefs. Sunday night this week is going to be thrilling, man. You got the Dolphins and the Eagles. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a great game. Then Monday night, you got the 49ers and the Vikings. Um, a lot of whispers that the Vikings are maybe trying to shop Kirk Cousins. Uh, this is the last year of his contract. He'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Um, don't know if there will be any takers, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Trade deadline-wise, um, would you rather there's, – there's a lot of rumors and whispers that New Orleans might be active at the deadline to try to make their roster better. Um, I don't know that I'd be willing to do that. Like I would maybe go the opposite way. I'd maybe trade a veteran or two and get some picks and start building towards the future. But that's not the way Mickey Loomis operates. He's always right now pushing all in right now. Would you be willing to trade a little bit of draft capital to try to fix some of the things that are broken right now? Or do you think that as long as this regime's here, no matter what you do, it's going to be kind of snake bit? Yeah, I would wait for the next guys to come in. And we didn't talk about it a whole lot, but I, Mickey Loomis is a lot to blame for all this mess too. For sure. You know, his his refusal to rebuild. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> well, we talked about it over the summer. What he says, trust me. I said, oh, that's a red flag right there. Trust Mickey Loomis? Out of your mind. And, bro, the, the Saints have a, a one of the oldest teams in the NFL. Derek, you don't see in the NFL today a lot of 30-plus-year-old players playing. Derek Carr's 32. Taysom Hill's 33. Um, Jimmy Graham, obviously 36. Michael Thomas, 30. Um, Max Garcia on the offensive line, 31. James Hurst, 31. You go in the defense, Cam Jordan, 34. 
Uh, let's see, Demario Davis, 34. The Honey Badger's got to be getting up there as well. Let's see where he is. Teron Matthew, 31. Marcus May, 30. Daniel Sorsen, 33. So it's an older football team that's not having that success. And, boy, it just makes you wonder how much longer some of these veteran players are going to be able to play at that high level. Not very long. A year or two, maybe. It's um causing for some clouds to be developing in the sky out there in New Orleans. Um, maybe a thunderstorm is a coming. A Let's, big one. A big thunderstorm. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we've got our mailbag. I've got seven. Nope, not seven. I got nine questions wow. that we'll be getting answered from you all. It's play by play. We'll be right back after this. At Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackage. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Bowie Auto Repairs for your first call should be Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, located on Highway 3235 in LaRose. They're established since 1997. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop is family-owned and operated. They sell parts and repair all makes and models of vehicles. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop honors all insurance estimates. Go by and see their trusted team of technicians for all your auto needs. Trust me, Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, 985 985- 693-4133. That's 985-693-4133. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. I want to give a shout out, and this has nothing to do with sports, but this is just something to me being a very proud big cousin. I want to give a shout-out to my little cousin, uh, Bailey Rose Bure, who was named Student of the Year. Awesome. Golden Medal Upper. Congratulations, Bailey Rose. We love you so much. Um, congratulations to her and to all the other students of the year around Lafouche and Terrebonne Parish. But I had to shout that out. Um, we've got our mailbag questions that folks have uh, been sending in throughout the course of the week. If you have a question for me, send it Casey underscore Gisclair on Twitter. Casey just clear on Facebook. We're at KLEB Radio on Twitter. We're at KLEB Radio on Facebook. Just clear Casey at gmail.com if you want to email your question. I've got nine of the best of the best. And we lead off with the first one. Hey, Casey! 
I like this question. It is, how is the E.D. White football team so dominant? I think that there's a lot of reasons why, and I think when you combine all of those reasons together, I think it, it, it adds up to what you're seeing, which is year in and year out, they're making deep playoff runs. I think the first thing, you got to have players. No matter where you are, you got to have players. And then years past, you know, Matthew uh, Melanson and Stern Fells and Dietrich and, you know, all the great players that they have right now, you got to have dudes. That's the first thing. The second thing Kyle is saying is an excellent football coach, and he has the attention of those guys. Kyle does things for the right reasons, and Kyle gets it. He understands. He understands what it takes. And Kyle would probably be the first one to tell you that his first go-around at E.D. White, maybe he didn't get it, and maybe he didn't understand. He was trying to micromanage everything, and he was miserable. He was making himself sick. Now, this time, he's doing things a little different and having great success. The third thing that E.D. White does that kind of sets himself apart when you're driving on campus in between the main campus and the football stadium, you see a big old building hmm. with the E.D. White logo and they got those big old glass windows. That's their state-of-the-art weight training facility. They, years ago, were ahead of the curve. They enlisted core athletic performance to run their strength and conditioning program. They built a, a giant weight room. And I tell everybody this. If you lined up 100 kids on the track and told me 10 of them play for E.D. White, I would be able to pick at least six or seven of the E.D. White kids out of the 10 just by looking at their shoulders, just by looking at their chest, their upper body, lower body. They're put together so well. When people ask me, why is E.D. White so good? I say it's because they've got a team of 100 linebackers. They're in great physical condition. You add all that together, you got a team that's 7-0 and and hasn't been challenged yet this year. Yeah, one word, culture. Yep. Yep, no doubt about that. Next question. Hey, Casey! Whew. This is going to be maybe a long answer. How would you fix the New Orleans Saints if you were the general manager of the team? I would be, and you're not going to like this answer, but I would be very good at losing for a year or two. I would start rebuilding. I would I would get rid of my veteran players. A, that gets you more salary cap space. B, that makes you worse on the field, which gets you better draft picks. And that's the one thing that Mickey Loomis has done in recent years that I don't agree with. He has always kind of sold out and kicked the can down the road. I'm all for kicking the can down the road if you're just a couple of guys away from winning it all. The Rams did that, right? And the Rams won a Super Bowl doing that. What I'm not okay with is kicking the can down the road so you could go 8-9 and nine or 7-10. and 10. And that's what New Orleans is doing. They're not good enough to handle their roster the way that they have. I think it would be okay for New Orleans to have a 4-13 and 13 season one year or a 5-12 season one year. If you're going to stink, be really good at stinking so you could get a top-five pick, and then you could start re-adding some talent back to your roster. So that's what I would do. I would, I would start selling off some of these pieces. If there's a market for Michael Thomas, adios. If there's a market for some of your other veterans, I would make some of those moves because I really believe right now they're in the worst place to be in the NFL stuck in the middle without any salary cap space or draft capital to get out. I would quit. You <laughs> <laughs> quit. Next question. Hey, Casey! What are the chances that Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman Trophy? Right now, he's got the third best betting odds of anybody, so he has shot up quite a bit. Penix from Washington is currently number one. I think that if Jaden Daniels goes on the road and beats Alabama and gives a strong effort doing it, like 300 yards passing, 80, 90 yards rushing, I think that's when he's going to start getting people's attention. Um, but, man, I look at the way he throws the ball now, 
And I think this dude could play on Sundays, man. Like the way that the quarterback position has changed in the NFL where they want those guys that are a little more mobile and, and he's accurate as a passer, 73% completions. He's a better – look, Jalen Hurts has proved to be a pretty good NFL quarterback. Jaden Daniels is throwing the ball far better than Jalen Hurts ever did in college. Uh, so whether he wins the Heisman or not, I think he's going to be a very wealthy man at the end of this offseason. But I think he's going to get drafted pretty high in the first or, first or second round. Question was asked to Ryan – Clark, I believe, on ESPN. I think it's Ryan Clark, and uh, asked if Daniel if Daniels is an NFL quarterback, and he was very honest and said, like, no. Well, right now he says if he was drafted, he have, he'd have to sit. A oh year yeah, or two I could see that. And, yeah, and watch and not come in right away and start. But yeah, the potential is there definitely for our NFL career for sure. Next one. This is one that I really I saw it on the list, and I usually don't research my answers because I want to genuinely react as I'm seeing it. But I did see this one, and I kind of Googled it. The question is, is the SEC down this year, and is the rest of the country catching up? Um, Yeah, I think the SEC's a little down this year. I mean, it's, it's hard to deny that. Um, Georgia is winning, but they're not winning by 50 every week, right? They've been challenged a little bit. Tennessee's not as good this year as they were last. Kentucky's not a top 25 team this year like they were. Florida is struggling. In the West, everybody has a loss. Ole Miss is currently the team most in control of their destiny. They in Alabama, I don't know that either of them are dominant. LSU has the best offense by far, but they don't play great defense. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit down. But for me to say definitively that the rest of the country is catching up, um, I don't know, because if we get into the playoff and Georgia's there, I would still favor them to beat just about anybody there. Um, but what's hurting the SEC right now is the transfer portal, man. Like Alabama, before Nick would be able to stock 10 five star receivers on his roster, and he would play three or four, and the others would just bust their ass in practice to try to get into that top three or four. Now, those guys that are number five to number 10. They're leaving. They're, they're going somewhere that they could play. And what that does is now when an Alabama or an LSU or a Georgia has injuries, they don't have the cupboard stocked quite as full. And in an SEC schedule, you're going to have injuries. So, yeah, I think that's where it's hurting is, yeah, you're getting guys in the portal too, right? It's not just a one-way street. You're receiving guys, but you're losing a lot of your depth. And I think that's where the SEC has always been better is that they had – a larger quantity of high-end players, that's just not the case anymore. Yeah, I would agree. The SEC is down, but the rest of the league's catching up. Not, not, yeah, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Next one. Hey, Casey! This one is tough. Um, if you had to make a bet right now, who would you pick to win the Super Bowl? Um, Let's see. In the NFC, San Francisco... Detroit and Philly are, I think, by far the three best teams. Dallas is a fourth, but they're a distant fourth. In the AFC, Kansas City and Miami with Buffalo, I think, are the three best. If you had to put me on the spot right now, I would go San Francisco because I think that the style that they play when we get to playoff weather and it's going to be a little colder and you know maybe a little more windy, that physical, hard-nosed approach that they have, I think that works. I think last year, if all of their quarterbacks wouldn't have got hurt, I think they would have beat Philly. So I'm going to go San Francisco right now. 
But truly, there's so much that could change. We've still got another 10 games left in the regular season. So many guys could get hurt and beat up. And you know, I mean, it's just it's a battle of attrition. It's going to be who's the healthiest team that's playing the best at the right time. Yeah, 49ers, Dolphins. Super yeah, Bowl. but but with the Dolphins, look, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But doesn't it spook you a little bit that they played the Bills and got destroyed? Like they lost forty-eight to twenty in that game. Doesn't that kind of scare you a little bit? Though? Well, I mean, it's hard to win NFL. You have these games every once in a while, but I, I just think they their offense is something special. Yeah, no doubt. Next question. Hey, Casey. This is an easy one to answer. Um, at least as far as I know. You may know better than me, but I, I would assume I know the answer. Will you guys be doing middle school basketball this year? Loved your middle school football coverage. Um, yeah, I think so. I don't see why not. I think that we'll be out there doing as many as we can, Golden Meadow LCO, and you know we'll be uh, maybe even catching some other games here and there along the way. Uh, so, yeah, I don't see why not. Um, we got the time. We got the resources. Let's make it happen. I'm going to be 100% honest with you right here. Mm-hmm. Talking to the, the boss man, plans are to do middle school, but we're gonna have to get more sponsors. Yep, we need your help. It, uh, it it costs money, and people may not realize, but it costs money to uh, to put these games on. And uh, yeah, we're gonna have to get more sponsors. We're gonna need help from the community to keep bringing you these games so there you go that's a good answer it's our intention to do it but we might need a little bit of support along the way next one hey, Casey. which sec coach is most on the hot seat um whew, there are a few um that i think are on a hot seat um i think that Florida, but napier has won a couple here lately so they're five and two now maybe that seat's cool a little bit Jimbo for sure. Sam Pittman at Arkansas, they say, is on the hot seat. They're 0-4 in the SEC, 2-5 and overall. So I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball. I think that the, the listener probably wanted me to say Jimbo Fisher, right? But I think Sam Pittman at Arkansas actually is the one that's in the most of a bind. They're 2-5 and right now. They were expected to be better. They better finish the year strong. And look, it's out there for them, right? They play Mississippi State, Florida, Auburn, Florida International, and then Missouri. They could win all all five of those games, and in which case Sam would save his ass out there. Um, but right now, two and five with Jerry Jones lurking and looking, because Jerry Jones is a big Arkansas guy. He kind of helps run that athletic department. Um, that ain't going to be enough. Sam Pittman better win some games coming home. I think he's a hotter seat than Jimbo and Napier right now. And you, you kind of feel for Arkansas. They so darn close. Yeah, but losing they, close ones. They just can't get it done, but I agree with you. I think he's, uh, he's on a hot seat and uh, Vanderbilt's coach. I don't even know who yeah. heck it is, but that's my God. That's <laughs> a black eye. Next question. Hey, Casey. What is your outlook on the New Orleans Pelicans for this year? Um, I could tell you they have not played well in the preseason, and, and I, most of the time that doesn't matter, right? They did win their their first preseason game last night, but it has not been an impressive preseason for New Orleans. Um. I look at the playoffs from last year and the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, Suns, Clippers, and Warriors were the top six seeds. I don't think you're going to be better than any of them. The Lakers went from the bottom to number seven by making some trades. They got a lot of their roster back. You're not going to be better than them either. Oklahoma City 
uh, is extremely young. They get Chad Holmgren back this year. I don't think you're going to be better than them either. Uh, I think New Orleans is going to be a play-in team. Um, 44, 45 wins if they stay healthy. If not, less than that. I think they're going to be a play-in team, and I don't think they're as good as the big powerhouses in the Western Conference. If they get in at all, it'll be a first-round and out season. I just don't I don't trust the health first and foremost. Let's start there. I don't trust them to be healthy. But even besides that, even when they have everybody available, they don't have a point guard, dude. Like Their offense suffers because they got C.J. McCollum, who's a two-guard, playing the point. They don't get into their stuff quickly. So it's a lot of times it's late clock offense or just Zion go make something happen. And I just don't think that works. So I, I'm not as high on New Orleans as others are. Whether they're healthy or not, I think they're going to be a playing team. Yeah, Let's see the first month of the season, 10, 15 games into the <clears> season, <throat> and see where they stand. If They're going to have to start off strong because yeah. traditionally they always hurt later. Uh, they're going to have to start off strong. Can't go zero and ten. Uh, if they start off strong, they can. Uh, they'll, they'll be in the mix. Last one. Hey Casey. Boy, this is this is a sign that you know that that things have really drastically changed in Baton Rouge. Will the LSU women's basketball team lose a single game in 2023-2024? Um. They open up the season November the 6th against number 20 Colorado, a game that you'll be able to watch on TNT. The rest of their non-conference schedule is not very good. They play Queens, Mississippi Valley State, Kent State, Southeastern, Texas Southern, Niagara, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Lafayette, McNeese, Northwestern, Coppin State, Jacksonville, and then you start SEC. I don't think they're going to lose a game. Uh, they got South Carolina in the PMAC. South Carolina lost their crew. LSU's going to be much better than them. I don't think they're going to lose. Looking at this schedule, I don't think they're going to lose a regular season game. I I think they're going to go through. It was last year. Look, it sounds so far-fetched, right? Oh, man, that's, that's, lofty, that's lofty goals. They only lost two last year. They should be better this year. I, I don't think they're going to lose a regular season game. Just looking at it, I really don't. At Tennessee is going to be a challenge. That'll come later in the year, February 25th. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that there's a very real chance that they roll through the regular season undefeated. I'll just say they lose one. Lose one. I mean, then, and Obviously, that's probably the safer bet, right? I mean, it, you're asking a bunch of ladies to win 30-plus games in a row. But I'm looking at this. They're going to be favored by double digits in almost oh, every one of the, these games. The first 15 games. Um. So, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting to see. And I've been told, and I know that I've said this before, but for those of you who are just tuning in and didn't hear it the first time, <clears throat> I've been told the team looks incredible. Um, Van Lith is going to come in. She's going to be a premier, high-caliber player. Don't forget Michaela Williams, the freshman signee who was the number one player in the country, played at Parkway in Shreveport. She's a six-foot guard. She is going to be one of the best players on that team right now as a freshman. They're loaded, man. They're absolutely loaded, and I can't wait to see how they put it all together. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit about some things happening in the world of sports, maybe a little Major League Baseball talk. My guy James Harden is doing some weird things. We'll talk about all that in the next segment to wrap up. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. 
The LaRose Civic Center presents the annual French Food Festival, October 27th through the 29th, featuring carnival rides, games, crafters, auctions, and kids' activities. Come hungry and leave happy, because there's no shortage of French food all weekend. Then dance the night away on Friday with Gary T, Rough and Ready and Dream Junkies. On Saturday, it's Ryan Foray and the Foray Tradition, Chubby Carrier, Shorts in December, and Contraflow. On Sunday, it's Waylon Thibodeau and Benjamin Bruce and the Acadians. The French Food Festival, 307 East 5th Street in LaRose. Education. Prevention. Care. The Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute was recognized by the Louisiana Athletic Trainers Association with the President's Award for Excellence in Health and Safety. With a passion for ensuring the well-being of over 23,000 student athletes and covering 1,400 sports events annually, our athletic trainers are dedicated to providing the best care in sports medicine. Discover more about Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute at tghealthsystem.com. Performance Automotive and Accessories is your stop for lifts, rims, tires, and all your mechanical and maintenance needs. Our in-house mechanics are ready to keep you rolling. Before you buy tires and rims online, let us put a package together for you. We have alignment and tire equipment to do the job right. Call us first. Performance Automotive and Accessories, 985-798-RIMS. That's 985-798-7467. Again, 985-798-7467. I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I learned about atrial fibrillation the hard way. My symptoms would come and go. Shortness of breath, fatigue. I kept going. Then I got so lightheaded, I couldn't. My doctor said I have AFib, so I'm about five times more likely to have a stroke. Other symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain can come and go, but the risk of stroke stays. If you have symptoms, tell a doctor. Visit notimetowait.com. Sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Attention LA1 commuters, changes are coming to the GoPass toll system. We're updating the look on our website and invoices. We're also simplifying vehicle classifications from 8 to 3, making it easier to figure out your toll costs. Having GoPass is the most convenient way to drive on LA1 and guarantees the lowest available rate. Tag fee wave for new subscribers. All these changes are automatic. Just keep your eyes on the road and keep on going with GoPass. Need to sign up? Visit GoPass.com. That's G-E-A-U-X-P-A-S-S dot com. It's Ram Power Days at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups of their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa, here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Do you watch soap operas? Nope. Have you ever watched soap operas? Like if I if I say Victor Newman, you know who that is? Yes. Uh is it the uh Young and the Rest? Yeah, the guy with yeah. the mustache. Um yeah. The Philadelphia 76ers training camp is like the Young and the Restless right now. James Harden did not show up for practice Wednesday. Um he just decided after yesterday's practice, I'm just going to Houston. So <laughs> He is currently in Houston. The 76ers are wanting to know why he um, is 
not there? Why is it, it? Why is he out with an unexcused absence? Well, we all know the reason. He wants to get traded to the Los Angeles Clippers, and he's making things difficult for the organization. How would you handle this, man? Because here we go. Um, Harden's being a baby, and this is look. This is my favorite basketball player in the league. But I, I could say it. I'm objective. He's being a baby. He wants to get traded to the Clippers. This is the last year of his contract with Philadelphia. Reportedly, the Clippers' offer is not great. They're willing to give you some first-round picks and some role players or whatever, but the offer is not great. You know having him here is going to cause problems. If you were Daryl Morey, would you give in and just send them where he wants to go knowing that, hey, in the offseason, if we keep him all year, he's a free agent, we're going to lose him for nothing? Would you take the, the Clippers' scraps or would you dig your heels in and deal with the soap opera that's going to be coming all year because he's going to be in and out of the lineup, he's going to be out of shape, he's going to be saying, oh, my, my back hurts, I can't play today. Like He's going to do everything he can to try to make them miserable to try to get out of there. Would you, at the end of the day, give the spoiled toddler what he wants and, and send him off to Los Angeles just to get him out of your hair? Nope, you do his best for your organization and uh, keep him and let him make an ass out of himself more and more. Who's going to want him if he keeps doing this stuff over and over and over? The only thing, and look, I really believe, and I'm not just saying this because he's a guy that I root for. I really believe that both sides are in the wrong here because Harden had the opportunity to become a free agent this offseason. If he would have opted out of his deal, he would have been free to go wherever he wanted. He told Daryl Morey, look, dude, I'm going to opt in so that you could trade me. I want to be traded. I don't want to be here. I'm going to opt in, but I'm doing you a solid. Get something for me. And then they're just not trading him. So I do see a little bit there where that's kind of shady a little bit, right? He could have just left on his own and you get nothing. He's trying to do you a favor, and then now you're kind of screwing him over a little bit, not moving him. But on the flip side to that, you're under contract for $31 million this year. Go show up and play until they trade you. So I really believe this is a situation where both sides probably could have handled this a little bit better. Both sides are probably being a little bit stubborn right now. Harden's not showing up to try to prove a point. More, he's probably not trading him to prove a point. I think both sides are being a little bit too headstrong here. Yeah, and look, Harden should have known. He's been in the league for a while where it's a business and the owner can say, yes, look, we're going to try, we're going to trade you. But if he can't get value in that trade, then the deal has to be off, and Harden should have known that going in. If not, shame on him. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I get both sides, but it's at a point. Stop acting like a baby and go play, and maybe you can get a better deal next year. I will say this. Um, he is in shape. The concern with an unhappy Harden is he turns into a hot air balloon sometimes. I saw him uh, recently at the Philadelphia 76 practice. He's cut up. I mean, he is ready to go. So you give him a little bit of credit there, but – don't know how much he's going to be a part of what Philadelphia is doing going forward. Um, Anthony Richardson of the Indianapolis Colts had a season-ending surgery today uh, on his right throwing shoulder. There was an opportunity. And by the way, he had, he had the same injury that, that Derek Carr had, a uh, AC joint sprain. And instead of asking him to play hurt throughout the course of the year, knowing he's a rookie, knowing that the team's not in the best position this year, uh, Jim Irsay urged him to just go ahead and get the surgery, and he'll be out for the rest of the year. Anthony Richardson for the season was playing better than I thought he would. He had three touchdowns and one interception, uh, completing 59% of his passes. That's a higher completion percentage than he had at Florida. 
He had rushed for four touchdowns, so he was looking pretty good, but now he's going to get the rest of the year off. Yeah, and with Derek Carr's injury, they, oh, he's so tough playing with that. And he, he in his press conferences, I'm going to play. And I'm thinking, dude, half the people around don't want you to play if you hurt. <laughs> you know, just so don't come and try and be all macho a hero to the Saints fans when, uh, no, if you hurt, just let the next guy play. Um, do you want to hear some news that's going to nauseate you? Oh, great. Roger Goodell has signed a three-year contract extension with the NFL today that will make him the NFL commissioner through March of 2027. Goodell, 64, is reportedly, um, this is probably going to be it for him. So he's probably got three more years left. Do you want to know his salary? Millions for sure. Roger Goodell's annual salary is $64 million. Ridiculous. He gets paid more than Patrick Mahomes. He gets paid more than Tom Brady when he played, Josh Allen, $64 million. For a dude that I think most NFL fans would agree has done a terrible job during his time as the commissioner, but he gets contract extensions over and over again because his, his bosses are the owners, and the owners are making money hand over fist. That's the only thing they're worried about. So Goodell will get another contract extension, and he said, and I quote, we'll see what the future holds. Over over the next three years, I'm going to bust my butt to make this league a better league. Yeah, okay. I wish. I wish I could be so lucky to make $64 million a year and to do a terrible job. Don't get it. Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys. He's outspoken, boy. He goes on and he says a lot of things. He puts his foot in his mouth at times. Um, He said about the Philadelphia Eagles that the Cowboys um, are being unfairly treated. He says that he wishes national media would bring the same energy for the Eagles and the 49ers when they lose as Dallas gets when they lose. Well, here's the thing, Michael Parsons. You're America's team. Well, that's that's the first thing. You're America's team. You're far more popular than those other teams. That's that's step one, and I'm glad you said that. Step two, Micah, is you lost to the 49ers 42 to 10. The 49ers lost on a last second field goal. The Eagles lost on a last second, you know, interception. If Dallas would have lost to the 49ers 28 to 24, no one would have been saying anything. They were embarrassed against San Francisco 42 to 10. That's the reason why people were dissing you because you got blown out, man. Like that's the reason. That you know, I get it. We got Stephen A. Smith who goes out of his way to make fun of the Cowboys. That's part of his shtick. On the flip side, on the other channel, Skip Bayless goes out of his way to talk good about the Cowboys. That's just what makes money in national media today. Um, but bro, you want to have bring the same energy next time you play the 49ers, beat them. Then you're going to get the praise yep. that you're looking for. Man, you lost 42 to 10. Give me a break. And this is coming from a Cowboys fan. Like, there, there's no reason to be saying things like that. One more. Um, let's see. We also have around the world of the NBA that Adam Silver says that he's going to bring back or possibly bring back the East versus the West All Star game. In years past, the All Star game has been, oh, we are like captains and we. Um, you know, pick the rosters like an old school street ball game. Now it might be East and West going forward. Don't necessarily have an opinion on that either way, but change could be coming to All-Star Weekend. Um, And then the last thing, and I know we're up against the clock. 
thought it was going to bring back defense in the game. No, no. If you are a fan of the NBA, I would encourage you to go to ESPN.com today and read the story that they posted about John Morant. Um, obviously, John Morant's had some off-the-court issues dealing with guns and everything, and he's currently suspended. It is a very interesting story about what could happen if you surround yourself with idiots. And yep. John Morant surrounded himself with idiots and is now paying for it. We thank Coach Mathern. We thank Coach Young. We thank Coach Kyle and all of our listeners also for sending in your questions. Tomorrow, we're going to try to get Taylor Griffin on. We're also going to have Stan on. Um, you've been listening to Play by Play. Bulldog football tomorrow. Bulldog football tomorrow. Tarpon football Friday. We've got a busy rest of the week. Have a great day. Love you guys. <laughs>